Today on the Go for Bronze podcast, Ace has something terrifying to tell you, and it's about spicy food. Joel has many questions, and he's going to probe very deeply on this particular topic. The Sony State of Play is going to be also discussed, and it's perhaps lackluster reception. Joel gets into that topic. You have stolen my dreams. What is this we hear about Dead Space 2 and 3 remakes? Huh? Mortal Kombat 12 coming out this year? What? So much more for all of that. Here are the guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Gopher Bronze episode number 20. I am Joel Torres, and as always with me is my co-host, my heterosexual partner in life, Mark Ace Acevedo. Mark Ace is my favorite. What up, what up? What's up? How are you doing today, I'm doing sir? pretty good. I said, uh, you know, right crazy. before we got on the show, it's a little bit of an overwhelming day. Now, it was an overwhelming day with the usual, but as per our wonderful intro, I had a dinner last night that was very good. It was very Mediterranean, and there was a lot of flavors. So it, yeah, it tasted good, but sometimes there's some foods where I should have known better that my in getting older that I wouldn't be able to handle this. I had a... It was a hot, haris, hot honey harissa chicken bowl with like bunch of different sauces on it it had like a garlic dressing it had like a jalapeno parsley dressing it was like romaine lettuce and pickled uh onions roasted vegetables just a lot but it was i love that's the thing it was fucking tasty and so i was like this is going to be great and it was at the time of eating it and then probably maybe not the best call was that i decided to wash it down with a creme brulee milk tea after and it was a big one (laughs) Yeah, you fucking around. Now you're so not I'm fucking playing. around. I'm, I'm asking for it. So you know, last night before I went to bed, I'm like, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit of the bubble guts, but I just got to get to sleep. And then for like the first half of today, it was just, you know, I won't paint a vivid picture for our audience here, but it, it wasn't nice, and that didn't really help the rest of the day. It was like, even though I work from home, I was like struggling to stay at my workstation. Uh, yeah, but besides that, I'm good. <laughs> You got Look, the tender butthole. You I got, got the, the Gatorade. You got to rehydrate when you get a couple of Oof. those. So rehydrated, we're all good now. Damn. That's the worst when you have like the little bubble guts and you're like, I'm trying to go to bed and like, I have to lay here for eight hours and not yeah. shit my pants. Like, I don't like, I just want to go to bed and then you wake up. Sometimes for me, that's the, you know, that's a game time decision. And I usually try to go to the bathroom, push it out before I go to bed. But then that sucks too. Cause then once you shit, I feel like the pain really subsides. Like there's a pre-pain that's like the, the, the bubbles. But then once it comes out, then you get the sharp pains in the stomach for me. No, and then I it's agree. like, oh, now I'm dead. I agree. You can have the, the pre-pain is the bloating. And then if you eat the spicy exactly. shit, which I like the spicy shit, the post-pain is my booty hole being on fire. And Harissa, that's do you know crazy. what Harissa is? I was going to ask you, is this a new spot or so, is this like a, a I guess a it's staple? a place called Kava, C-A-V-A, not to be mixed up with Kava that starts with a K, which is like some kind of 
Yeah. It's like opiate. It's like an opiate tea that like I, I guess people are just casually exactly. doing heroin now. That, right. And so we were gonna go to this place, Kava, and Liz had told me about it. She had it with her mom. And when she first told me, I was like, dang, your mom gets down with that opium place. Like uh but no no no. So it's just a Mediterranean <laughs> bowl place, kind of similar to like a Chipotle, build your own bowl going down the line. And it was my first time me having too. it, so I was skeptical. It was pretty good, but again, after this being the first experience, I don't know. But harissa, so harissa is like a red chili pepper ground up paste with olive oil. Tastes very good, but it's a lot of like red chili. And so I asked for some harissa on it and they like did a fucking ice cream scoop and put it on there. And I enjoyed it, but that's that, that was the post pain. I think, think that's that was probably, I think the assortment of flavors, I think it was too much. Yeah, was there any it meat? was a chicken. It was like a sweet and spicy honey okay. harissa grilled chicken. Sweet and spicy chili. Yeah, God garlic damn, sauce. I mean, you had a whole. It's it sounds good, especially the. I fucking love pickled onions. Anything with pickled onions, like I'll oh, order yeah. it like immediately. It was, like, it was very good. It was it was very good, but it yeah, it was uh, too many flavors. I think too many cooks. Too yeah, many cooks. It, it, it was too much for me, but it's okay. I recovered now. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> your your bowels are safe. You may have to shit your pants mid show, but it's okay because we record. Yeah, it's fine. It's no big deal, and the show always keeps going. We'll just keep rolling regardless. Even if you're in the bathroom, that's the you bonus know, yeah, content. Yeah, the chair that I'm sitting in right now is like one of those old time chairs with like the bucket under it. I can't move. Oh damn, that's crazy. That that sounds so painful, by the way, sitting on a, like a bathroom. Like I'm very conscious about that now as I gotten older because I'm like I don't want hemorrhoids, I don't want a hernia by like just sitting on the toilet. So I'm like, if I can't poop, I'm like I gotta get All right, up. So and then, go. since this is a PlayStation show, let's go ahead and just bring in this question now because this needs to be answered. Has the backbone entered the bathroom yet? Oh fuck! The backbone has not entered the bathroom yet. The Vita has entered the bathroom multiple occasions, but never the backbone yet. I get so the backbone I do love it but I get scared because the phone has to be new it has to be mm. off case so if I'm using the backbone I'm gonna be stationary like when I'm like during my job today I was actually able to play the backbone for like an hour or so and actually I was starting to play we'll go into this later started playing a little bit of Forgotten City so that was fun but the backbone I like to do it in bed or like I'm gonna be sitting somewhere for a while I don't like walking around with it, especially on a tie on the bathroom. I get scared. I drop my phone. Yeah, and the yeah. whole shit that, I mean, that makes sense. I definitely understand that. Even my switch but, has like multiple casings around it. Yeah. And then also, I don't want to do that because then that will lead to the issue of me sitting on the toilet. Because if I did have the backbone, then I'd be like, well, fuck, I got to finish this up. And then I'm on the bathroom for 30 minutes. And then. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah definitely. One. That's that's why I asked. <laughs> I was like, that's a one way ticket to hemorrhoids for sure. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> the backbone in there, I mean, you. It's, it depends what game you're playing, but more than likely, yeah, you're going to want to finish up something and that's going to lead to you having a lumpy asshole later in life. But what have you been up to? Definitely. Probably something better than that. So um, I just got back from my trip. I went to Savannah in South Carolina. So that was fun. I went to... So originally we were going to go see... I said Faye Webster last... Um, last week and then Pam corrected me on the way to the trip where I was like yeah I talked about on the podcast we're gonna see Faye Webster we were supposed to see Wiseblood so I lied I mean Um, huge difference huge difference (laughs) I'm sure that Pam told you the same thing 
Yeah. Yeah, she was like, what the fuck? That's a completely yeah. different band. And I was like, oh. I was like, I I was like, I thought Faye Webster was the lead singer and Wiseblood. I'm like, you don't got too yeah, many. No, that's, well, it's a big on. difference in general, but I say that because I know Pam is a huge fan of them. So that it's probably to her. She's exactly. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah, no, that, that that's a big difference. It's like the iconic moment where I went up went up to the guy like the drums and it was uh, not it was a, a King drum Cru- shirt. It was a King right? Cruel shirt. Or, 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 yeah. Sometimes I try to act like I know the music game because I hear you guys talk so much about it, and then I'm like, oh, it's I don't better know to shit, try though. But um, it's better to try, and I and I bet you that guy has a fantastic story about. There's some drunk asshole at the end of the TV girl show that was like, my went up to my drum shirt. Oh, that's fine. It's like, better than you being, uh, you know, it's better than you posting some fucking sad movie clip and then putting like a ten year old vacation song on it or like a beach house song for clout. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what the that's what the cloud demons do, but not me. Yeah. I'm not a cloud chaser. We offer actual post. content here. <laughs> exactly, but um, so the trip was fun. We didn't get to see Wise Blood. Just wanted to clarify that from last week. I went to my first military base at Fort Jackson, where Pam's brother worked out. Shout out Justin, and that was pretty cool. I never been to a military base, and it's like it's kind of weird. I didn't know it's like an actual like city. Like they have houses. They got like their own like fast food restaurants and like stores and shit like that. We did have to get our ID scan, so the government has been tracking me for the last 48 hours, and that's great. But they're always listening, oh, always. anyways. I so. mean, they're always listening. Always. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a, I saw a headline last week that was saying that seven states, including the one we live in, if you want to view adult content on the internet, instead of a button to say you're 18, they'll, you'll scan your ID now. Oh, <laughs> I I saw, obviously the comments were wild on it the comments were like you know sometimes i'm down bad they can't be knowing what i'd be looking at that's crazy so i definitely got to get the nordvpn now <laughs> so switch here's it up. your sponsor nordvpn <laughs> shout out nordvpn switch it up so you don't have to scan your id while whacking your meat but um no, the military base yeah, uh, yeah. What else was yeah like <laughs> the military base that was fun everything was fun we had really good food Oh, so we did. So I had, so we had really good food, but we did go to this Thai restaurant, and I had the, my first experience sending food back, which I don't like sending food back. I used to work in the food industry, and I always hated people that did that shit. It was always like annoying, and it's like, bro, you don't know what the fuck you ordered. So we went to this Thai place. The appetizers were fantastic. We had um, the naan, which is like that, oh, like yeah. flowery tortilla kind of bread, which is fucking fantastic. Yellow curry, dipping it in there. Shit was really good. Pop stickers or gyoza, whatever the f- dumplings is what I like to call them, but apparently they're different. And then um, some chicken wings. And then everybody else ordered their, uh, you know, entrees. They all came. And then mine's comes in. And then the first thing Pam said, she's like, "Ooh, that's fishy." I ordered crab fried rice, and then I was like, "Fuck you!" It is really fishy. And then I started smelling it, and you know when you give yourself like the ick about food, you know, I don't know if this happens to you sometimes where you get like an egg ick, and you're like, even though I love eggs. I, there's like sometimes where I gross myself out. I start thinking about eggs being like chickens periods. And then I'm like, I can't eat a fucking egg now. Now I just ruined it for myself for this for like for today, not forever. Obviously I love eggs, but that happened with this. And then I started eating it. And then the, the crab just tasted like it was out of a can or some shit. And I was like, I was like, I got to send this shit back. And it smelled horrific. It smelled like fucking you were at like a port and it just brought in like the day's catch. It smelled so fucking fishy. Mm. It was disgusting. So then I had to send it back. And then get a, a new dish, which was fantastic. It was a um, 
fuck, I can't remember the name. It was like King Pad Thai. It wasn't Pad Thai. It was not Vermicelli. Uh, glass noodles. Not Vermicelli. No, no, no. I should have just stuck in, stuck with drunken noodles. And then I realized I forgot who it was. It was either you or Pam that ruined drunken noodles for me by saying it was like a that vegan wasn't dish. Me. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a vegan dish. Yeah, like so I would never. Been me. Yeah, like I wouldn't. I would never condone that. But yeah, then you, when they said that, then I was like, well, I don't want to eat vegan food. I want to eat like meat. Yeah, yeah, Come on. I'm not trying to I scan my ID for it. I think with when you're at like Thai restaurants, they use. <laughs> I mean, this sounds obvious and sounds dumb, but like fish sauce, right? And some fish sauce doesn't smell that bad and some fish sauce smells fucking awful so if you get hit with the wrong fish sauce it can really knock off a whole dish i think the fish sauce yes. was on the side yes, too was, yeah it was like it was super fishy before the fish yep. sauce was even put on it so it fucking just was like our yeah, whole fish table sauce is a, you gotta put that on the side you put that on the side and then if somebody wants it on or in their rice you put it on there for them what or you put it in yourself one of the things i always hate is eating rice that is like saucy and then because you can't remove that shit so once it's like oversaturated mm-hmm. then i'm not gonna touch it it's a very important yeah. it's a very important step and even if you're eating like chinese food and they give you the you know the to-go box with the section the containers keep it nicely separated yes. you know i don't want i like well, to mix my you don't shit mix too much otherwise you end up sending the shit back to the kitchen so <laughs> there's got to be some kind of law there that is true. That is true. But um, but overall, the the vacation was great. Most of the food that we had was awesome. We went to a really few cool sh- coffee shops in Savannah, specifically this one called Perk Coffee. So it was it, it was a nice. great old time. And then um, and then on the way back, I encountered something I've never encountered in my life. I encountered a truly gender neutral bathroom, where it was both sexes using the bathroom at the same time, and it was just mind-boggling because i've never seen it play out like in reality but on the sign it's just like gender neutral bathroom just go on in like like uh my girlfriend was in, went to go use the bathroom and i was filling up gas and it was also like not to like stereotype but it was like in the middle of georgia so you're like yeah they're probably not yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know super super progressive and this stuff like that so you would just think like it's just normal one bat or one bathroom one at a time but it was a full bathroom one of the like a, it was like a traditional like male female bathroom and then one of them was closed i think one was getting renovated so they just made the one that was like a regular gender neutral one and I, I walked in there and then i saw my girlfriend i was like am i able to come in here and she's like yeah yeah you can and then there's like there's like old men and there's ladies all in the bathroom at the same time and i was like i was like this this feels this feels, yeah, a feels bit odd wrong it's just it feels wrong it's like all the years of indoctrination of like you separate like from the bathroom so that way you know and then i was like i was like i don't know this just feels weird and then it's like there's so many people in there now there's so many more people it's like super chaotic you got children you got men you got women it's like what the fuck is Death going to on the in glory bathroom? hole you know that's what i'm hearing that's what i'm saying yeah come on it used to be uh, you know i used to be able to go in there <laughs> stick my dick in a hole and have a good time and now everybody needs to know about it no that that was something for the boys. <laughs> Just the homies. That was pretty interesting, though. Like, I didn't know. I guess I've never experienced it, but in my head, I didn't know that it would be like you're saying a bathroom with like multiple stalls. Just everyone goes in there. That makes sense. Although it'd still be like different. Yeah, I've never seen it. I mean, it makes out. sense. Yeah, everybody's got a shit. Everyone's got to pee. 
And the thing that was annoying about it, though, that it didn't have fucking urinals. Yeah. So I was like, it wasn't like that's what I was like. I feel like the this works out, but you need to also have urinals, not just stalls, because because guys are sometimes that we're in and out. Women sometimes think, you know, can take a little I, I, I bit longer in the bathroom. I think that I understand where you're coming from, but I can also see the hesitancy to do that because that's too casual. That's too. I don't think it's too, it's risky, too risky, but I think you know when you go into a stall, you have your personal privacy. Things go different yeah. when you, you know, look to the right at who's at the urinal with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you already know what I'm saying. So I think it's probably better that you just do the stall and then you just avoid any kind of, because okay. even if, even if you're just going into a strictly guy bathroom, there's etiquette at the stalls. You don't be right here mm-hmm. next to me and all that shit. So they're just, they're just changing the game by eliminating that. Speaking of bathroom etiquette, are you allowed to fart at the stalls? I think you should stalls? not. I think you should not. Urinal? I know you do, you motherfucker. But that, <laughs> I think you should not. And it depends, especially where you are. It's funny you say this. Actually, at I won't say basically at my office, right? At my office, there was somebody who came in the. I was in the stall, <laughs> and there was a lot of a lot of potty oh, talk. Came? Actually, I mean, even my story, and now we're still <laughs> talking about fucking bathrooms thirty minutes in. But so the actually, it's probably shorter for the listeners since we started recording, but. What I was saying was that at the office, somebody came in at the urinal, farted real loud, coughed, <laughs> and while peeing. But the worst offense wasn't that. The worst offense was that they were just standing there after they were done on their phone. I feel like, oh, like I understand psycho. if you're in a stall, maybe doing that, but you can't just be like standing there. Wait, you're not on your phone in the urinal? I'm at on the my urinal, phone at the I'm urinal. I'm just doing my business and then I leave. I'm not on my phone. So, yeah, sometimes well, I'll be on my fart. phone at the urinal. Yeah, sometimes but you I even fart drink at the while I'm at the too. urinal. Y'all don't have no, y'all don't have I no live fucking at the respect. Urinal. And if, here, just, just for the lore, right? Again, I know this is like a lot, but the lore is important here. This comes up as being funny because on a road trip one time, me and Joel were going up to Atlanta and Joel did a fucking drive-by. Me and him were in the bathroom and there was another dude in the stall and he comes in, fucking rips, Joel comes in, <laughs> rips ass at the urinal and then leaves and I'm still in the bathroom and the other guy's just in the stall. <laughs> and this is not like some random ass gas station on the highway up to Atlanta. Oh, oh man. Yeah, that was... Crazy shit happens in Georgia. Crazy Georgia's shit happens and you got no fucking respect. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck you. It's the bathroom. I feel like the urinal you're able to do. I, I Obviously, I was pushing it a little harder. <laughs> I was pushing it a little harder for to make it louder. But that's normally, you know, you try to make it silent and fart. That was just for comedic effect because I thought it was just me and you. And then this other guy just got fucking gas bombed in there to too. The so, but usually try to be. Yeah, I have respect. I try to, you know, have it a silent yeah, yeah. but deadly fart. But, uh, do, do, you got, wait, do you got anything else with this? One more commentary on the on the trip. Um, Georgia and South Carolina are about a month away from becoming the last of us. Like it looks like I it looked like I was on the yeah, set of the I, when show. I was in South Carolina <laughs> I, it, at the end of last year. It, yeah, at oh, the end of last year, year it was just like nothing in sight. I mean, I think the best thing that we ate was there was like a lone outback somewhere, and that shit was hitting. And <laughs> there was you know there's Bucky's dotted around the place, and Bucky's is a great place. But besides uh, that, yeah, I mean there wasn't really much going on in South Carolina, so I know what you mean yeah so that, that's my friend that's my 
final yeah, commentary. Yeah, people are excited because the they're paying like one thousand for like an eight eight house on a lake <laughs> because there's fucking nothing to do there. I did tell Pam that I was like, we yeah, could buy a house sure. out here. You'd be bored and you wouldn't have anything good to eat, but you could have a big house. <laughs> I, I can just shit my brains out eating fucking just crab go around fried rice. in public bathrooms. Ridiculous. Like but while savage. you were gone, there was a PlayStation State of Play, which was unfortunate. We had the announcement right before you <laughs> left. And so we talked about it on the show last week. Obviously, we will cover it in detail here. So, sounds like I didn't no, miss much. I don't though. think you did miss much. I was eagerly awaiting as I did not have a trip or anything to do at the end of the week. And so it was on Thursday. I was getting ready, closing the laptop. And I actually was a little bit late to it. I thought I was going to catch it live, but it ended up already being streamed. So I just watched a restream of it. I don't think you missed too much. Uh, you really didn't. We. All right, so you want to you want to hop into that, or do you want to talk about what we've been playing first? We can talk about what we've been playing first, and then we can hop into the details of that. All right, bet. So I see that you've been playing. Well, I don't know. It's a series I have mixed relationships with now since the sequel, but you've been playing one of my favorite PlayStation yeah, Four games. Yeah, so you talking about I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. This will be my I don't know fifth, sixth attempt, but I gotta you know. There's the PlayStation Stars campaign to get a couple of trophies in Forbidden West. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lock in, do Zero Dawn, focus on that, finish it, and then go to Forbidden West. And the more that I've played it, I've liked it more, but I keep my opinion still stays the same in the sense that I'm like, this is a really good game. Nothing about it stands out to me as being great, though. And I'm thinking because of the time frame, obviously this is five years past or six years past i'm assuming at this point when i play forbidden west maybe i'll be a little bit more wowed but in zero dawn from a technical standpoint it's not like bad but there's a lot of pop in it's very hard to get like immersed in it because there will be like characters that are just like floating and as soon as you stop talking to an npc they look like shit when you're talking to them they look great but when you stop talking to them they look like shit and so the game, like the combat, is fun, but there's nothing difficult or that unique about it. And so, like, that's what I'm saying. Everything feels good. Nothing feels like great. I think, I think the combat is great, and I do think how early I mean, I'm in like are 10 you? Hours like, in. I mean, are you mainlining it? Are you try, you're trying not to like? No, I'm fuck doing side side shit. Shit like I'm that, ten really. hours in. I'm level eighteen. I'm doing main quest. I'm doing like a combination of everything. I'm doing like Hunter's Lodge side quests, main quests, errands, all that stuff. Okay. So the Hunter Lodge yeah. is my favorite. And my shit. thing is just that the skill tree is very basic. There's not really anything interesting in there, but it's the the fact that the combat is the combat is essentially just slow-mo and bow and arrow everything in their crit point and that's it. So it's not that interesting to me. Now, you know, I like really difficult combat where it makes me feel like I have to like use different things. Mm -hmm. There are interesting other weapons, of course, right? You have like the trip caster and the rope caster and there are cool like embellishments on its combat system, but none of them really feel necessary. I'm like, I can just slow-mo with this bow and arrow and kill everything. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. I mean, I feel like I noticed that more in the second game where I was like, but then the second game, I, from what I heard, the more you get into it, it has it like expands on the combat mm -hmm. in different ways. So 
hopefully the second one can give you like that change of pace and or layers that would make you just like like exactly. the game more. But the first one, I feel like for me, it really hit because it was a really good Far Cry game when yes, Far Cry wasn't I, doing well. And I think yeah, that that's why that makes it sense. Because 2017 is when the Horizon Zero Dawn came out. And that was like in the lull. I think that's like what Far Cry 5 was either just released or about to be released. That came out to like kind of meh reception. And there was a long gap between 4 and 5. And then New Dawn came out. So like Far Cry wasn't on the best swing of things. Because then when I was playing Far Cry 6, I was like, wow, I fucking love this shit. And this is really good. But then when I tried to play Horizon Zero Dawn, for some reason, it just didn't click. You mean Forbidden West? Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, West, so that's like, I think that now I'm looking at it not as two games, but I'm looking at it as just I'm sitting down and I'm going to see all of it. And so I'll finish. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not necessarily going to like platinum it, but I'll try all the side stuff that I can while I'm doing main quest stuff. But I'm going to beat Zero Dawn. I'll do Frozen Wilds and then I'll do Forbidden West and then Burning Shores is going to come out next month. So I'll get like a nice final kind of opinion on the whole series. And I'm hoping, yeah, that when I get to Forbidden West, I get more excited at just I'm sure it's going to look beautiful and the combat is going to be more fleshed out and it's more of a tropical kind of water setting, which I know I'll have more interest in. But even the the, the story also even I'm like the story is good, but nothing is like great. So I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it, but it's one of it's it's the kind of game where after two or three hours of playing it, even though I know two or three hours is a long time, I'll be like, I I don't I'm good. Like I, I want to keep going, but I like get bored. So I'm like, I'm just gonna stop now. Yeah, that's for me. That's like a sign of a kind of not interesting yeah, open that's world. That's fair. Because like when a when a game is fun and interesting, like Harry Potter, I have to like be peeled off. Like I have to like like mentally be like I have to stop playing this game and like either try playing something else just because I want to play different things and are like, oh shit, I gotta go to bed, or oh shit, like I spent like four hours, like I gotta fucking like do something with my life um horizon yeah and it's also yeah, older it is. it's now yeah it's six, six years, old. years old so it definitely could be uh, like so when you say it's not interesting is it not interesting because there's not enough to do or the stuff to do is not interesting well, the there is enough stuff to do i think that the the world okay. is large and there's a lot of activities to do and the environments are really cool and the way characters look is really cool i think the driving plot line even okay i mean again this is a little different because we know that there's a second game and we know that there's probably going to be a mm-hmm. third game but the driving mm-hmm. like main story is just not that interesting because it doesn't seem like it doesn't feel like something that could have any kind of satisfying conclusion regardless of knowing there are more games i would say the first game has the first game is definitely like cliffhanger like yeah. sequel coming i wouldn't say it's not like yeah it's not satisfying in terms of like this is an individual like horizon zero dawn is not a singular story that doesn't need a sequel and can just be like you're satisfied with just that experience the second one from what i got to it gets fucking wacky as fuck but like it seems like wacky and cool like in a in like a campy sci-fi kind of way that seems interesting the story was actually the most interesting thing of what i got from forbidden west it was just like kind of the the open world gameplay mechanics was kind of just so i don't know at the time it just really was very same to me because i mean i'm playing hogwarts legacy right now and i'm like it's kind of the same shit like every other open world game but for some reason this is really hitting i have really no affinity for harry potter 
I just don't know why this world is really more much I more captivating are, than I think there are a couple of really major things at play, which it's interesting now that we can talk about it because I know when Zero Dawn was out, I was like not a believer, but now Forbidden West came out and you had some fatigue with that. I think if I had to take a, a stab in the dark at what it is, I would say number one, Aloy is cool, but not that cool. And I... She's not yes. likable at all in the second one, by the way. She's like kind she's of like not that likable in Zero Dawn either. <laughs> but I've heard, yeah, she's much less likable in Forbidden West. And so when you have like Harry Potter and you have a creative character, it's a little different because it's like you feel like mm-hmm. for, like you're kind of making them who they are. And I don't think Aloy's that interesting. I think that's number one. And then number two, I would say that the main campaign of Zero Dawn kind of just feels like they're fleshing out Horizon's world. It doesn't feel like a main story. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I am helping a ton of people around me, but there's not like a... It feels yeah. very video game. It's like, this is the sand part. This is the jungle part. This is the And sometimes the part. self-awareness, like in God of War Ragnarok, no spoilers, Don't if anyone's listening, don't worry, but the self-awareness, like, jokes that are made in God of War Ragnarok are funny, like, knowing it's a game, but horizon does it in a way that is a little annoying like you can tell like aloy will bring it up a lot that she goes to new places and is just always helping people like if you're fatigued about it i'm definitely going to be fatigued about it at least be like laughing because i know even in forbidden west like yeah that's not because i played a little like an hour or two hours of forbidden west and that's an energy she has like right from the start is that she's like i have to help everyone and it's like yeah (laughs) It's like you got to be excited. I don't want to fucking what help I'm people. Saying, like, what the you're the fuck? main character. You got to be excited. So anyway, I'm playing that for a campaign, and I, I hope that I I'm hoping that Forbidden West grabs me because Zero Dawn. I'm like I'm gonna get through it, and it's good. But I know that it's not gonna be better than like good to me. I think at this point, I don't know anything it could do that would make it great. Okay. And have you been dabbling with anything that, else or has it just been that? Just kind of recycled yeah, I mean, the, the usual, main like, stuff. Yeah, like Warzone, but then pretty much just, just Horizon. And another thing I will say is one thing that feels like it really stands out is a lack of set pieces, at least in Zero Dawn. Like there's no like big... I like orchestrated set pieces. There's nothing that's like, you know, yeah. Yeah, or it's not going to be like Uncharted. Like, there's, no, it's not gonna, there's like no even, set yeah. pieces and... I feel like you could have some cool set pieces, but that's all right. I'm getting through it, and uh, I'll be able to mark it down as I finally played it. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll be interested. Maybe when you play Forbidden West, I'll try to play it too. That way we can like have more of a dialogue, because I do like when yeah, we actually play the same games. Both of us you know, just need to get out of the way. Yeah. So, but what I've been playing, even though I was on vacation, I actually was able to get a lot of gaming done when I got back from my vacation. And also there, thanks to the backbone, I was able to play a lot of um, uh, Harry Potter. So I was just grinding out like side stuff, doing a little bit of main stuff, Merlin's Trials. The Merlin's Trials, by the way, most in like most boring, like generic, like dumb shit I've ever seen as a side quest. Like some of them are literally just put the ball in a circle. Like that's that's how you pass a Merlin's trial, which is supposed to be this fucking fantastical wizard who's a genius. And the trial is put the ball over there, over here, or jump on blocks. It's 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 a little half baked. It's probably one of the only things in the game I would say is half baked is the Merlin trial thing. And then um, but I've been enjoying obviously Harry Potter, love it. I'm like twelve hours in. 
And then I've been playing Dead Space. And then now I got to where like the point of no return. And then now I'm going to clean up and do like all the collectibles, schematics, um, side missions and stuff like that. Then finish that up. Fantastic game. We'll talk more about Dead Space later on in the show, about possibly a sequel to the remake. But then the two interesting games that I want to talk about that I played, I started up Atomic Heart last night and I've started Forbidden or Forgotten City today. Um, I'll start with Atomic Heart. Uh, I played it for like an hour, basically the intro, whole, the whole intro. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but it's like, a, obviously we thought the game is going to have a lot of Bioshock energy, but the beginning of Atomic Heart is Bioshock Infinite. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like a Russian city. I think they even say like city in the clouds. I'm and the, and I believe it is in the clouds. Like it's like it's like very clear that they're like we like Bioshock, so we're gonna emulate yeah infinite in that part. They were, I thought they they thought they were gonna be like cute by not doing the first one. They're well, like, I, just, gonna I know that it's one. like a utopian city at first because like yeah, yes. So I played that. Um, the main character has been panned for having like shitty dialogue. And it's definitely justified. It's pretty, pretty bad. But I kind of like it because it's very much video game dialogue. It reminds me of like early 2000s, like destroy a human kind of like it's cringy. It is cringy, but it's like, I don't know, something about it's campy, like just in the right way for me. Like, I don't hate it completely. I can definitely see it getting annoying after a while. It does the same bullshit, which I don't know what's going on recently with characters having like, yeah, somebody like to a, talk to part of them they can talk to, like the glove. And like that's that's whatever that relationship Question. is kind of weird. So but... when you say that he's annoying, I, I've heard that he's annoying too. Is it like, and I don't think this character is annoying, but just as a comparison, mm-hmm. is it like BJ Blazkowicz Wolfenstein or like way more annoying? BJ's no, cool. BJ was quiet. BJ's cool, quiet. He has like he has corny yeah. like eighties one liners, but he was like good corny, like like he was like good like like Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of corny, not like. John Vlog, uh, yeah, nice. John Claude Van Damme muscles from Brussels. So, next question. Yeah. Next the, question here with the interview on Atomic Heart, since I haven't played it. Can you make the voice Russian? No, that was the first thing I tried to do because I was like, I hated the voice, and I was like, this would be perfect. And also, they say comrades weird. It's like that, okay, you saying that it doesn't have a Russian voice to me is like a super red flag. Because, like, Metro has, ru- like, Russian voices, obviously. And if you play Metro in English, it's good. But if you play Metro in Russian, it's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And so I don't know why they wouldn't have Russian voice for it. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I haven't... I'm going to try to dig in the menus more. But from what I... Because I did look into the menus, and I don't think that that Russian was an option. It didn't even get... So this was another red flag. First game in a while, like trip. This is a, I would say, is a triple A game, or it presents itself as a triple A game. First game in a while where no A, there's no HDR. B, there's no like go into the settings and set everything up before you play the game. It's just like you start it and you go in. No. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So it's very limited setting. There's no performance mode. There's no quality mode. It's just like the mode. Yeah, I don't like that. I think it does play at sixty, so that's good. But um. I mean, the presentation is fantastic, and I haven't really delved much into the combat outside of melee stuff, which is very early on. I just got like a shotgun and got into the save room, but it's very good. It is a little weird how, how it, I mean, it is very like Russian, especially with like the current events and everything. It's kind of crazy like playing it, but I think it's interesting enough that I'm going to give it a try. And if the story can grab me, then I think I can definitely see myself finishing this game. But since there's so much going on right now that 
I can see myself falling off. Yeah, this one. I mean, I'm very interested in playing it too. I know you you cop that, and we like to you get one and I get one kind of situation, and so. I was waiting until the end of the month to look at what was available because PlayStation uh, Stars always does like a monthly picks. And so mm-hmm. I looked at it and Like a Dragon Ishin was on there, which I'm interested in. But another thing is normally in the second half of the month, the games on that list go on sale. So I'm patiently waiting for that. But I guess top tip for anyone who either does campaigns that way or is interested in buying something on one of those lists, normally second half of the month, they go on sale. I do think though that really more pertains to like the indie Fair. stuff, because I think like the newer titles, because like they had last week they had what Dead Space on there, That's Dead true. Space number one on sale. Right. So I think they, I think they have like one new title carryover, and then like the indie stuff, like Power Wash Simulator, definitely is going to be on sale. That's I'm, true. Can't wait to get that and fucking clean Midgar. But um, just Atomic Heart, yeah, that you played Atomic it. And you said that if the story grabs you. You'll try to make your way through it. Yeah. I mean, I do want to play because it does seem interesting. It's one of those games like Callisto that's like getting mixed reviews. And I like kind of playing those games because there's more like uh, there's more to play around with with your opinions. It's like there's not a clear concise. So you don't feel like you're having the wrong or right opinion. Obviously, we're going to tell you what we think of the game, regardless of everybody thinks this game's fantastic and we hate it. We're going to say we hate it. But it's more interesting because it gives you more of a chance just to be like kind of yeah, less biased. I agree. I'm interested in playing it when I uh, when I get the chance to. I just need to get Horizon Alley, which I know Horizon are long games, so I know I'll be playing it for a minute. But mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't want to. If I waver at all, I'm not I'm not going to finish these games. Yeah, and then I started Forgotten City while I was at work today, and the Forgotten City is fucking really cool so far. The intro, I was like. Oh shit! I was like, I know you. Obviously, you had it in your top ten games. I think of it was last number year. two. Go check that out. It was number two. Go check that out. And actually, technically, the best game you played that came out last year because your number one was no, Returnal. my number one was Sifu. I think Returnal was three. It was Sifu? And Forgotten City was two. Returnal was three. My bad. You're right. So Mark's second favorite game of last year, but it was very. And, and so I played it basically on your recommendation. I'm also going to be playing Sifu because of the campaign. So I was like. I don't know why in my mind I was like, well, if I'm going to try Sifu, I'm also going to try Forgotten City. These are both the games that Mark like loved from last year. And so far, the intro of it is like really fucking cool. Like I got to the part where, you know, yeah, I actually I mean, don't even want to even... spoil it. Because if you don't if you don't know anything about it, just go into it. And it's very much like, what the fuck? This is cool. It has like mystical elements that I didn't think were going to be even playing when... a part of it. I didn't even know like the time like the way they play yeah, even when you boot it really up cool. you get a messenger from the develop you get a message from the developer saying like hey when you hit this yeah. place in the game please don't stream or share now this is much later but either way this is a game best enjoyed not knowing anything and even i didn't know anything which was fucking awesome because i feel like i get everything spoiled for me but i i didn't know anything about it. the only thing i knew and this is not a spoiler this is like structural is that it was originally mm-hmm. a Skyrim mod and then got extra funding to yeah, become a full that. game. So that's all I'm going to say. But I'm really glad you're playing it. I'm really glad that you're already like, oh, it's cool. Because it doesn't it doesn't stop. It's like consistently very interesting. It, it, yeah, it grabbed me like from like the get-go. I was like, oh, this is this is like different. And oh, it's like... It, I don't know. Something about it has it has a really cool like yeah. adventure like energy to it. It's like oh, we're going on like it an event. Like it's like giddy. a movie. I, like I'm like excited. Ooh, like I got it. Yeah. It's I when I was playing it, it was yeah. so fucking cool. 
Mm -hmm. It has a great, I would say, just energy behind it and just like very like it's it's old school. Obviously, you can tell it's like a Skyrim mod. Like the models look exactly the same. Like the torches are straight up from Skyrim and stuff like that. And like the way the zoom in and stuff like that. But I don't it's that's a quality. That's like a testament to how quality the writing is and like the atmosphere that 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 stuff doesn't really pull me out of it. Excellent writing story. Just really interesting. But um, but yeah, I don't want to spoil much of that. But then also another just side note. I know we like to mention sometimes how like people like to spoil the PlayStation games that come out like God of War Ragnarok was getting spoiled. We've had like what, like six major releases this year so far and nothing has been spoiled like that. Oh, what do you mean? I want to make a note of that. Like, you know how God of War Ragnarok like yeah. spoilers were going around all around? What are the six releases around? you mean, though? And it. I would say well, the yeah, Persona remakes. Those. Like casuals. But I'm just saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, still, nobody's spoiling that. Dead Space remake, which obviously it's a remake, but Can there's still potential the to spoil the ending of the game. Hogwarts Legacy, Atomic Heart, and then so you've Wild got Hearts. Wild Hearts that doesn't have a story. Persona 3 and 4, which you know, you know casual people are not playing. But still, people could Dead be assholes Space, and spoil which the, we have the story. Played, and then Atomic Heart doesn't from what I've heard, Atomic Heart doesn't really have that much of a story. It's more of like a setup, and then you kind of make your way through. Okay. Hogwarts, I don't know. Hogwarts, you're right. I'm uh, I'm impressed that there hasn't been. I'm just saying, like again, a dragon not, ancient. I know that's a that's remake. That's like a look. We said it. We did. I'm, remember, I'm, we did a whole analysis, being like, what the kind of games that people will spoil are normally tens, and like uh, a casual everyone kind of game that's true but i think it's i think people like spoiling the playstation that's first true games did anyone ever spoil forbidden west or is that just a testament to how nobody played it that's a testament yeah, to nobody that's giving a true because even what you were saying <laughs> that you got further in and it gets wacky i've heard similar things that like it's really interesting the places that the game goes i have i have no clue where it goes which is insane that none of that has ever been spoiled. I have no clue what Forbidden West's story is. I have a like, yeah. I I I've only played like probably like five eight hours, and there's a pretty like big twist in the story that like I'm surprised is not more commonly like referenced. But um, but yeah, that's just you know that's a testament to how nobody really gives a yeah. shit about Horizon. Good thing Sony's making a remake, TV show, a multiplayer game, and yeah, a third so, one. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but. Glad, glad for the no spoilers regardless. You're right. The spoiling has been less. The spoiling has been less. I'm just, I'm just, just making a positive. note. I'm just saying. Even though like some of the... I'm being positive. Yeah, <laughs> just you're just positive a positive guy, guy you know? who farts at the urinals, you know? I just fart at the urinals. And speaking about farting out, PlayStation's <laughs> farted out this state That's of play. true. <laughs> so it was released last week and underwhelmed most people who watched it. Um, this... Data Play had no first party presence at all and just covered mainly VR and um, indies coming to the system as well as a full blown uh, blowout of the upcoming Suicide Squad game, Kill the Justice League, and also a Resident Evil 4 trailer, which Mark said I didn't watch it. He watched it. Don't watch it if you don't want the whole game spoiled for you because it has a lot of second half of the game exactly. kind of stuff in it. Yes. But um, we can 
I mean, there's not much to cover really in the state of play. We can just kind of what's your overall views and then what games you want to pick at. What game, what if anything sure. did catch your eye? Anything that looks particularly bad? I know we weren't really hot on Suicide Squad. Yeah, so squad, but. kind of, I guess, state of play and summary. So I did sit down and I did watch it front to back. So I got the the full gist of it. And so they did previously, when they announced it, they said they're going to show five brand new PSVR games coming this year and then third party titles. And they'll close the show with Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. So I already knew going into that that there wouldn't really be first party stuff right or even second party but that doesn't mean that you can't have something interesting third party coming in that might be new because it's a state (laughs) of play so some some of the key moments here were they announced the playstation plus essential games and they announced some of the extra games they didn't announce premium and they didn't announce all extra but for essential you have battlefield 2042 and one other which i am not remembering but battlefield 2042 super mid not go- amazing Minecraft so mid, right uh in my opinion just my own <laughs> personal opinion so i thought those were whatever the uh extra games were interesting to see that they are kind of announcing them earlier in the month but that doesn't tell us when they're coming or the premium games that's actually what i was watching it being like okay essential oh extra what are the premium games and then they didn't say anything about the premium games so that was that and then if if we're talking about state of play and i'm telling you that the plus announcements are the most exciting thing that kind of already should tell you (laughs) what the overall is and so to kind of quickly sum up they show some VR titles. They show some third-party titles, but they spend a lot of time on Resident Evil in a trailer that does spoil a lot. And then they also spend a lot of time on a game that's going to be a day-one release for PlayStation Plus Extra called Chia, T-C-H-I-A. And it's that game that you might have seen in a previous state of play where you play as a girl in a kind of cartoon art style that I believe can either turn into or control animals on like an island and so that i mean it did we cover this on the, the show game, yeah i mean it was definitely something was, that was already announced that we've talked about they just i think the announcement was just that it's going to be coming out on extra okay because i think i might have made a joke like when we covered it that saying that this yeah, is the probably. And it looks like yeah, it's so gonna it's be one of those games where i'm like okay this looks fine i guess it's nice as because it's an offer on extra but Interesting enough, we've we've mm-hmm. um, actually had some conversation about like games that are offered on these services day one probably means they're not the best. That's why they would end up there kind of to mitigate risk of like, because if they don't think people are going to buy them, you secure the bag on a service and then you're fine. So there was that. It looks okay. And then to be completely honest, there weren't really that many other third party announcements. I think one of the announcements is that Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be coming to PlayStation as well as PC, and that'll be releasing in August. And then they closed the show with a 15 minute kind of blowout of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which I kind of told Joel that for me, it really only made me less excited for the game because it showed what the game actually plays like and they described it fully kind of confirming that this is a live service multiplayer kind of co-op experience multiplayer just co-op but they they show kind of some combat which looks like just flying around an arena kind of gunning down or fighting some you know yeah cannon fodder enemies and then basically so that i don't have to go on too long with this is just 
when you hear the devs say, once you complete the game, we'll be supporting it with skins, weapons, and characters, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Because you're going to yeah. charge me full price and then tell me that I got to wait until like, I don't know, who are you going to add? What are you going to add? I'm not going to wait to find out. I already have a Warzone. I already have another like, I already have a game that I'm playing all the time. So that's a no-no for me. Yeah, honestly, these live service games don't do it for me. The only live service game I'm looking forward to is probably Factions. And we don't know if that's going to be live service or yeah. not, but I'm just assuming with how long they've been taking with it. But yeah, these once you start hearing extra content, the stories will continue. I check out. I'm just like, I'm kind of done with this. We've seen this story over and over again. Big IP DC. We're going to tie it to this live service game. The mechanics are probably going to be half baked. All the characters are going to feel probably like 70% the same and maybe like a little bit different here or there. Generic kind of enemies. The story is obviously not going to be prevalent, which kind of sucks because it fucking has Kevin Connor and it's like his last role as Batman and they're not even focusing really on the story. I'd say so, also too, also to so be careful rough. watching this because even this Suicide Squad blowout, there was something that happened that I audibly was like, yo, that's a spoiler. I like there's no way that this thing they just oh. showed is not a minor spoiler. So be careful even watching that. I don't. Did yeah. you watch it? Do you know what I'm talking about or... I'm watching it now. I'm just watching the gameplay. I mean, it does seem smooth and kinetic. It also seems like at least it will be running at 60 too, which is nice yeah. compared to Gotham Knights. I think that I don't have any doubts in the technical prowess of Rocksteady. I think... It does look a little that's the thing with the shooting, though, and the tanks and all this. This looks really... This yeah, looks very like generic. Yeah, loot kind of just <laughs> spilling out. And even the, yeah. the way that each character has their traversal abilities of kind of just getting around right that's what traversal is it makes me think of when gotham knights was coming out and they were like hey look at how each character traverses differently and i'm like well, we already have a gotham knights i know that this isn't going to be the same thing but mm-hmm. i think my main i don't want to say full disappointment yet because obviously we just got to see maybe the game still bangs and it's great and maybe the story is really good mm-hmm. i think the main thing for me is just that they spent eight years and if they spent eight years and it's not good, then I feel like that is a huge waste. And that makes me further question if it was eight years in development or if it was eight years of a publisher trying to tell them they need to make a live service game. I think, yeah, I think there's somewhere in the, in the middle is probably what lies the truth. Well, I know live service games do take a lot longer to make just because always being online and they also did confirm that this game is always you always have to be online or connected to an internet to play it so that probably does add on dev time but then i bet that the heads of rocksteady didn't like this and i mean it hasn't come out publicly that they said they are not fans of the project or had to be forced to make a live service game but this is their last game they are leaving rocksteady the heads and they're starting their own new studio yeah. once this game is released so I don't I feel like that's kind I mean, of a yeah, sign for sure. And that's a trend we see very uh frequently now. There's so many new studios being formed from heads of other ones when things don't go their way, which we'll talk about later too. Oh wow, a little tease. But um I'm I'm excited for uh, Goodbye Volcano High. I wish that that was the plus game that we got. Yeah, that I agree. Game that one did look fun. a little bit more interesting. And then some of the VR stuff like the Synapse game I thought looked really cool. But uh, again, 
I don't have a VR, so that that, that can only do yeah, so much. Yeah, that's the for only me. reason why I didn't mention them too in depth. I don't want anyone <laughs> listening to think that it's just like, oh, VR doesn't matter. It's definitely important. It's just I, you know, we don't have the headsets, but then also it's hard to. I've always felt with VR, it's especially hard to get an idea of what exactly it's going to feel like just because you have to, you know, yeah. even the the idea of even picking up an item in VR can feel so different from game to game. So I'm like, it's hard to tell um, just from the trailers and the games that they announced are coming later this year. So they're not imminent releases. And then one of the other indie titles that I'm just now remembering they showed that looked kind of interesting was Humanity. But it was interesting... I was gonna say, it yeah, it's like, interesting um, in the sense that like this looks cool, but I know I'm not gonna play it. I know I'm gonna get to like the third puzzle and be out. Yeah, it does give me inside vibes with how like the characters look with the blankless faces and stuff, or blank faces. But uh, yeah, again, again, that one also seemed like very vague. It could be one of those indie games that doesn't hit because it's like too vague, and then it doesn't really tell that much of a story. And it's like we're gonna be minimalist and vague and. It's, you know, you yeah, no, I agree. If you're trying to be like a commentary, it's like take it easy. You got to earn that a little bit. Which, granted, Volcano High probably has a little bit of that same energy, but yeah, I like but Volcano High's energy a little more because it's more blame. Exactly. And then um, the last big thing is the Naruto Baruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections, which I love Naruto. Not that hot on Baruto. But these games. I mean, it's a new game, but it's the same game. They've been releasing the same game since <laughs> Ninja Storm in 2008, but they just add the uh, increase the character roster. So, I mean, that's cool. Finally connecting all characters. Hopefully it has like a like 100, like, you know, player roster. But other than that, I feel like that's everything in the VR. We got some more uh, Street Fighter 6 characters confirmed. And yeah, then Zangief really about and Kami. And then, yeah, they showed Resident Evil 4. Yeah, the Resident Evil 4, it's still, you know, it looks good. What about that demo? demo? You going to play it? The Resident Evil 4 demo. They said they're releasing oh, a demo I, before I, the maybe. game comes out. I, I guess probably. It just depends what I'm doing at the time. Am I done with Horizon? I think that's the question. Am I done with <laughs> all Horizon by that time? Because that'll dictate if I play it or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, yeah, that was it. Like we said, stay to play kind of meh. I feel like it's kind of surprising because the last few state of plays they have really kind of banged and they've been like in that solid. I feel like we're going to rate them on a scale. They've been in the like seven to like eight and a half range. And this one was straight up probably like yeah, a, this one. Like a six, this one was pretty like disappointing. Five. I agree. I thought the the plus announcements were lackluster. The Suicide Squad only kind of disappointed me. And then I didn't feel like there were any actual announcements. So it didn't. I don't understand mm-hmm. why it necessitated a state of play. Yeah, and um, this was uh, something I don't know if it was announced actually at the state of play, but it came out a little bit afterwards. Is that a Resident Evil Four remake is getting actually a VR mode and has started development for it, and it will be also a free DLC for anybody who has a PlayStation VR too. The news was announced on the Japanese Biohazard Twitter, which is. Resident Evil's name in Japan account where it stated that VR mode on Resident Evil Remake 4 has started development. Stay tuned for more details. This was following by another tweet clarifying VR mode of Resident Evil 4 will be distributed as a free DLC for PlayStation 5 and VR 2. Given that development has seemingly just started on the mode and that the Resident Evil 4 Remake is due for release on March 24th, 
it seems all but certain that this free DLC will be coming further down the line rather than day one. So what do you think about that? Yeah, Mark? Does I mean, that interest you? Not to, Obviously, you want to get a VR, but like playing Resident Evil yeah, 4 Yeah, I mean, VR, I think that, that it's that not necessarily breaking news, but I just want to say I definitely called this. This was uh, it's just a yeah. super obvious thing. Resident Evil always is a support of PlayStation VR. And so I knew that this would be coming, and we know that there was a Resident Evil 4 VR already on PC. With the starting development, I mean, it makes sense. Of course, you can't use that one, so you have to start from scratch. I'd say maybe we get it in like a year-ish or a couple of months. Um, it's cool. I was thinking maybe like a game game awards announcement. Like an, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. Announce. I think it's. I think this is one of those things where there's no downside. They're finished with the game. It's because the thing is, it would only be an issue maybe as if they were trying to coincide with, and then it took away from the core product but it's not mm-hmm. and we know that their vr releases have been good resident evil 7 was a huge mover for the original psvr and yeah i i mean i'm really excited to eventually get a psvr yeah Eight's i'm sure that eight is very good and i'm sure this will be good too and it's just like uh bless you it's just another <laughs> way to play it and experience it it's Thank you. even with resident evil 8 it's like playing in third person is interesting even if it's not that different now vr will be way better than third person but I think it's just cool. Yeah. I think it's one of those only positives. There's no downside to them adding a free DLC for VR. Yeah. And it's also just showing that that Capcom Sony relationship is still yeah. very, very strong, which we love to see. Keep it in the I'm family. Glad. I'm glad Keep that I'm, I'm really glad that they're supporting it that way. It, I mean, the more, the more things that get VR releases, the better, as long as it doesn't take away from its core product, then it's cool. It's just more ways to play and enjoy it. Yeah, but then this where in lies my issue with VR, where the most exciting and best products seem to be the regular games that have VR modes or regular games that are playable in VR, which I don't think necessarily is a negative thing, but it's kind of like, well, I thought VR was supposed to be a new way to play games and it is a new way to play games. But you know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be games that like I can't play this game anywhere else. I think else that but we're VR. not there yet in terms. If I had to take a analytical guess, my guess would be that we're not we're not there yet in sales. I think that you, as a new studio making a VR game, they probably can't justify spending a certain amount on a game because they can't, they can't promise that the game is going to sell like that. So they probably just can't do it. And I agree with you, but that's on Sony to make sure the first parties make a VR game, which they did with, uh, they like, you know, the second party relationship with fire Sprite and the call of the mountain. But, that should be on Sony to be like, hey. I was just going to say what, that. Probably saying? even Sony is like, well, I don't think that this is going to return a profit, so we can't waste that much money on that. That's why they're not doing new IPs. That's that's true, but you have to have a little bit of a sunken cost to try to like push it over the edge because then that's you're going to have the Vita issue all over again where it's like we support it at launch and then there's no great like first-party games. Like The best first-party games are probably Killzone Mercenary and Uncharted Golden Abyss. Those are both launch titles on the Vita. And then you can say the same as what's going to happen with PlayStation VR. So I think, and they have plenty of studios that can make a VR title. I feel like Insomniac would be great doing like a Ratchet and Clank thing. Spider-Man VR, go fucking Um, top speed through your TV. God damn. I I mean, they're going to do that. I feel like that has to be a mode. Like that has to be in the cards for them. Because like if they have a Spider-Man VR mode i feel like that would sell i think it absolutely like would and you know it would create the best videos online because people would look down oh and they'd God. get scared people would be throwing up 
<laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think that they can make the fourth party kind of. I mean, they made not they didn't make anybody do anything, but they, you know, Gorilla helped with Fire Sprite co-develop a game. I think that co-development relationship with all the new party acquisitions they have with like Savage and Team Asobi and stuff like that. Like they can use those teams to make VR games true. that are fun and interesting. True, true. But um, sticking in Resident Evil yeah. land. Shin Megami Tensei. Wow. The creator of Amazing. Did you hear what you just said? Yeah. You said Oh bro, no, that's I said Shin Megami Tensei. That's Prashana, my bad. Shinji Makami. What's his name? Shinji Makama. Shinji Makami, my bad. I, I know that I was, was like, hilarious. what the fuck? Why did I say that? Shinji Makami <laughs> is leaving Tango Gameworks. Shinji Makami is best known for his time at Capcom where he directed the first Resident Evil and its GameCube remake in 2002, and as well as Resident Evil 4. But most recently, he was at uh, Tango Gameworks. He was the founder and CEO. And and now he's setting to leave after 12 years with the developer. In a company-wide email sent to ZeniMac employees, seen by True Achievement and verified authenticated by Bethesda Senior Vice President of Development at Bethesda, Todd Vaughn, announced that legendary game designer Shinji Mikame is leaving Xbox Game Studios' Tango Gamework. Mikame founded the studio in early 2010, which then was acquired by ZeniMax later that year. He went on to launch the survival horror franchise Evil Within, with its first game coming out in 2014, and then the sequel came out three years later in 2017. As well, he worked on as an executive producer on my one of my favorite games from last year, Ghostwire Tokyo, and the Game Pass hit Hi-Fi Rush. Bethesda said in a, in a tweet confirming Mikame's departure, we can confirm that Shinji Mikame has decided to leave Tango Gameworks in the coming months. We thank him for his work as a creative leader and supportive mentor to young developers on the Evil Within franchise, Ghostwire Tokyo, and of course, Hi-Fi Rush. We wish Mikame-san well in the future and are excited by what lies ahead for the talented developers at Tango. So when I first saw this, I said I, I went. I said to Mark, I was like, "Yes," because then that means we just get his games on PlayStation. So that's all. That's really how I viewed it. Obviously, I wonder what caused the departure. I don't know. Maybe Ghostwire underperformed, and maybe that's what caused it. But I'll let you go. What do you think? What do you? What's well, your read on the situation? I think that we are in a. I mean, we're in a place right now where a lot of heads of Xbox studios or large portions of them are kind of jumping ship, right? We have, uh, we have Shinji Mikami leaving Tango Gameworks. We have, we told the story about on the, on the show, I believe it was uh, Maverick games is the new studio that is from playground developers. And then you have mm-hmm. sections of three, four, three breaking off from halo. I don't think they're breaking off necessarily to make a new studio yet, but I know that heads of three, four, three have left. So you have your pillars here of your first party for Xbox and you have big pieces of all of them leaving. It seems, you know, I mean, obviously strange. And so if I had to take again, an analytical guess, my um, guess would be because you're putting everything on game pass and you're not doing sales. We know that, the compensation structure for games a lot of times is bonuses based on sales. And so I'm sure that they're not being probably compensated the way that they want to be. And that would just be my guess. And yeah, like you said, I mean, hey, if he just leaves somewhere and now we get his games on PlayStation, awesome. I love Evil Within. I really enjoyed Ghostwire. You know, we haven't played Hi-Fi Rush, but 
I don't I don't know if that I don't know how much of that is him. You can definitely tell that yeah. evil within is him from his Resident Evil roots, and you can even probably feel some of his influence on the creepy nature and you know backdrop of Ghostwire Tokyo. But Hi-Fi Rush is pretty different for Tango Gameworks, and so maybe that is just kind of what the studio, the direction they're heading in, whether it's just a one-off or if they're going to head in that direction. I don't know if he's going to... He didn't say if he was heading off to do something new. He just said he was leaving, right? And he's getting up there a little bit in age. Yeah, he's definitely getting up there in age. And then I think, obviously, he hasn't announced his next move because he's still technically at the company. Yeah. He said coming months. So it's probably going to take two, three months. And then once he leaves, he'll probably announce whatever he's doing next. Um, I hope, you know, I hope Capcom, Square Enix, Konami, somebody snatches him up and gives him a new studio. And then we see either a new project or possibly he can get back to work on Resident Evil and fix the train and maybe remake Resident Evil 5, 6, and 7 in a good light. You know, yeah, something I, crazy I, like whatever that. it is, I mean, it, it, it's it's cool and it's not to be, even though it will sound like it, it's not to be in a elitist kind of fanboy war way, but it's of course it's a good thing. More people leaving Xbox, it just means that we're going to have access to, the, to these games is of course great. I mean, I would say arguably that's better for everyone though. Because any new studios they go to are going to release everywhere, not just on like PlayStation, you know? That's true. Unless PlayStation gives them yeah, a bag well, to open a studio. You know, that's just, that's just nature. That's I just, mean, that'd you be know, great. that's uh, capitalism. You got to create a good product and people are going to want to buy it. Yeah. I, and what I think is very interesting is that both, um, both Bethesda and, uh, and the, developer the president uh todd vaughn said specifically that he decided mm -hmm. to leave they're not making it seem like it's a mutual thing they're ba they're saying that he very much he decided to leave so i wonder if that's he didn't like he didn't like the fact that they were purchased by microsoft uh he doesn't like the studio management of microsoft or he doesn't like not being on playstation because you know resident evil does have playstation more playstation roots and xbox roots and stuff like that so i wonder what that what the whole dynamic was behind him leaving Tango Gameworks. Cause from what, when I remember when he started up the studio, he was oh, yeah. very excited. Like I remember when evil within came out, he was like fucking jazz. He's like, yeah, I'm finally going to make an evil a resident evil game the way I want to. Cause this was cause when evil within came out, it was before resident evil. Yeah, had resident, its, like, yeah exactly. It was three years before they came back with resident evil seven. And so I think another thing too, is that you have a Japanese team uh, with Shinji Mikami. And I know that, We've heard time and time again, mostly they've been stories with Nintendo, but Japanese businessmen have a specific way of doing business. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was like, I don't fuck with the way Microsoft is kind of handling this. I'm out. So that's that's probably what I would yeah. what I would guess. I mean, you know. We see that yeah, the Japanese companies I, and it, it's, it's it's twofold. Is it because they're Japanese companies and that's the way they do business, work with each other, help each other out? Or is it a reaction to Microsoft purchasing all these studios? But it does definitely seem, especially with Sony, that their relationships with the Capcom, their relationship with the Square Enix has gotten closer and tighter. And they're going more back to that PlayStation 1 era of like kind of giving exclusives in the third party or second or third party exclusives to PlayStation as opposed to making their games everywhere. And that could be a, that could be a myriad of things. Like I said, it could be what I mentioned earlier with they're reacting to Xbox's purchasing of like just every studio that's available, or as well they're just looking at sales numbers. And like we saw last week with um, 
Microsoft, the head of Microsoft, saying that no, there's the it's like a two oh, yeah. to one Even on the console, um, yeah, console market. Console he was like, thing. it's seventy thirty. We're getting fucking spread like cream cheese out here, like Joel would say. Yeah, he was just saying exactly. that. Exactly. So why would we make a game for? Yeah, why would we make a game for thirty percent of gamers? And then Microsoft two weeks ago was saying that nobody buys games because of Game Pass. So there's really no point to maybe make games for Xbox to play on the feel Japanese like, side. Again, this is me trying to like look in, in into the future here. I think that one of the things that PlayStation does, and I would say even Nintendo does, that we don't know. I'm not saying Xbox doesn't do this, but we just don't know. This is not something any other companies talk about very openly. But we know in past experiences that PlayStation and Nintendo have both let... They've both worked with Japanese studios and respected their right to keep their IP. I don't know if Xbox is the same way. Obvious PlayStation examples of this would be like Bloodborne and... um, Sony owns Bloodborne. Awful example. I'm going to say Sony's a little bit more stingy with it. In terms of like owning the studio, so yeah, Nintendo's more like, yeah, Sony's definitely a little more stingy with owning the IP. That was the whole issue with Insomniac. Why Insomniac wanted to leave because they wanted to own their IP when they went to go do Steam and all that shit. When they went rogue, when they went down the yeah, so then never mind. This is getting deeper, deeper in the in the roots for me than maybe I know. But just just in general, him leaving Tango is like cool. I mean, I'm sure he can make another studio that'll do well. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what he has. He has a great eye for horror, so I hope he stays in that genre. But um, let's move on to some more exciting news. Some specific yeah, news for I mean, more horror. Mark I mean, in Gary. terms of talking about horror stuff, you want to see the greatest horror characters be featured. You can see him featured, and apparently, we're getting Mortal Kombat 12 this year, which was. <laughs> Something that was rumored yeah, uh, for us, I just want to say, we actually covered this on the show a couple of, you know, previously where Ed Boon basically outright said, hey, Injustice 3 or MK12, one of them will be coming. Even they said mm-hmm. they didn't know which one. Obviously, I'm sure they did know. But he was just teasing that, like, they both exist. One of them is going to be coming. But I believe he also had to say this because in the NVIDIA League, both of those were also in that NVIDIA League. So... Basically, now we're hearing a little bit more about Mortal yeah. Kombat 12, and Joel has the scoop itself. So Warner Brothers CEO says Mortal Kombat 12 is coming out this year. He uh, made the announcement during an, earning call, an earnings call last Thursday. Uh, speaking during the call, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslaw mentioned the previous unannounced sequel by name and claimed it would release this year. He said, quote, there's a lot more to come, including the highly anticipated Mortal Kombat 12 and Suicide Kill the Justice League. Games also set for release this year with ambitious launch projections. Um, this is quite interesting, though, because it seems like it's a going out of NetherRealm's normal um, rhythm of going from Mortal Kombat back to Injustice. And speculation suggested that NetherRealm's next game would actually be a third Injustice game of the DC superhero fighting games. But however, journalist Jeff Grubb claimed last year that NetherRealm's would instead prioritize Mortal Kombat 12 due to uncertainty over its future with parent company WB Games, which is being purchased by Discovery. And he said, in quote, it lines up with the reality and it lines up with what I've heard. 
where Mortal Kombat 12 would make the most sense because that's a game that we know will make money. It will sell well. So, um, that's kind of interesting for them to admit that Mortal Kombat would sell well. I would always, I thought the Injustice game sold better, but from that kind of gleaning from that, it seems like the Mortal Kombat yeah, games Mortal actually Kombat sell more. Yeah, Mortal Kombat definitely sells more. And Mortal Kombat 11 specifically has sold extremely well for them. I think that since Mortal Kombat 9, I think every following entry has sold more than the previous. I mean, I can obviously be fact check on that, but I know okay. Mortal Kombat 11 has been a big seller for them. And it's smart and it's good. I, I love Mortal Kombat is my favorite fighting game series ever but even though injustice is the same studio i don't like injustice so so you're happy with yeah. them going off rhythm instead of mortal kombat i don't injustice care about injustice I really, like the superheroes are whatever and the first one was fun for novelty i think the I think. first one was fun for novelty but you know what i always felt like loomed over mm-hmm. injustice what loomed over it was just people what? being like, okay, but what if they do one with Marvel? That'd be way better. And so you know that they can uh, or they won't. And so, okay, Injustice is fine. But yeah, more, I would ra- much rather they continue Mortal Kombat than that. And you know what? Synergy, baby. You know what else comes out? The second Mortal Kombat movie. So it makes way more sense to do 12 also. Yeah, oh, the shit, second one's already been in production already? for a minute. People haven't been talking about it, but I that's I saw this and I was like, you know, synergy. Because I, I actually liked the movie. It wasn't great, but it was fun. And you set expectations, it was campy. It's it what, exactly. it's what it, it, was what it needed, needed to, to be. be. It was violent, it had good fatalities, it had funny, you know, jokes, and I thought that it portrayed the characters well. And so okay. They're, they already greenlit that a while ago. That's been in production. So I bet that this is going to come out and you're going to have the movie not that far away from it. And it's going to be a great time to be a fan of Mortal Kombat. And it's... I, yeah, I mean, it, it, Mortal Kombat has been so good to me for so long that it's like, yeah, 12 is going to be awesome. I have no <laughs> doubts about it. Yeah, and then... When you were talking about 9, 10, and 11, 9 was like the yes. soft reboot, right? It, 9 Correct. was called just Mortal Kombat, right? Yes. It wasn't even Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat 9. 9 was just called Mortal Kombat. And then Mortal Kombat X, and then okay. they went back to numbers with Mortal Kombat 10, uh, 11, and then now 12. Yeah, and I think that'd be great. It obviously should be next-gen only. For the next consoles, beautiful visuals. See the guts all over the screen running at 60 frames. It's, all, it's HDR, ray tracing. You see the real blood on the I'd intestines. I have the same request for it that I always have every single year is do it Super Smash Ultimate style. Have every MK character. I know that it won't happen. That'd be fun. Have they, they ever done that During in game? the PS2 generation, I think, is the most characters they've ever had in MK games. But they okay. haven't gone back to that just sheer number of characters since then. I'm sure, of course, it takes way longer. You have to balance way more characters. You also need to save or block off some characters because you know that they're going to have expansions and season passes. And so they're not going to give you everyone at, at launch. But I would hope that they would have... But I mean, that's the only thing I could think of is just bigger roster. Besides that, I think that Mortal Kombat have very fun campaigns. I think that the way that you unlock items and costumes is awesome. It's not like a battle pass. It's just like, like yeah, you do earn currencies, but 
But I, I heard controversies with the crypt. Yeah, though. I mean, it. <laughs> the crypt's I, not amazing I, from I, what I heard. In terms of platinum, okay. I think that's yeah, specifically yeah, I was gonna a say, trophy. In terms of like issue. earning items, I fucking love the crypt. Yeah, in terms of trophies, I mean, mm-hmm. the so Mortal Kombat trophies normally are very grindy. And so I think that's more so where it is. It's like mm-hmm. there's a crypt trophy where you have to get, I believe, you have to get a set number of finishers with each character to unlock their like crypt item. <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, it, what, it, whatever, right? The trophies are just like, if it's going to be hard, then it's going to be hard, but they're not cheap. Some of them are just hard. And I'm, yeah, I don't have nine mm-hmm. or 11, but I have 10 and I'm very proud of it. It's one of those 0.1% platforms. Oh, sure. So, nice. but Mortal Kombat 9 very famously had a trophy where you had to have 24 hours of game time on each character. So, yeah, it's just like really grindy and unnecessary. Yeah, that's that's very unnecessary. What would you, what's a normal Mortal Kombat roster? Like, how many people? I think normal these days is going to be, you're going to be starting out at around 24. And after expansions and everything, you're going to end up around 30. Only thir- so they only been adding six additional well, okay, fighters. Okay, so I'm I'm going just base thinking. So let's see with Mortal. I'm talking about expansions Kombat, and everything. Like what? Like what are the rosters Kombat end 11, up being? I mean, I I would have to do a quick search. I can search what the total roster count is, but okay. while I'm searching it up, just so that I'm still, you know, serenading the audience with my beautiful voice, is that I know for Mortal Kombat 11, the characters that were added in later, right? We have Joker, we have Rambo. We have Rain, Melina, Terminator. We also have Fujin and uh, Shang Tsung. And I don't. He wasn't Shang in the base was game. That's kind of crazy. No. And Shang Tsung was kind of the catch-all oh. for reptiles. Not wasn't in it. Ermac wasn't in it, and Smoke wasn't in it. And so they kind of had all of those kind of other color ninjas just be in Shang Tsung's moveset. So let me see. Mortal Kombat 11 total roster number. And so he, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, know. I don't know what the fuck this number is here. 25,000. What are we doing here? Is that, that's not the roster number. Come oh on. Oh my gosh. You know what? I'm seeing 35 The problem or is more, that but... I'm on Bing. And Bing oh doesn't find anything gosh. correctly. That's the fucking problem. <laughs> the final roster has 38 cool. characters so so 38 that's a beefy character size so is so, there a lot of new characters yeah there are so that's a beefy amount but that's after a season pass and an aftermath expansion so they did like a season of characters and then they also did the aftermath expansion which added another set of characters yeah i think I know it's hard for fighting game developers to do this, but I do love Super Smash size rosters where it's like so many fucking characters. It's just like wacky characters, just one off characters. Because even if they're characters that don't really get love, like Mr. Game and Watch and Super Smash, it's fun. Like when you meet somebody that does play as him and you're like, oh shit, you're like a Game and Watch player or whatever. So I feel like big rosters always is, I think big rosters is a good way to like, um, get to the masses and I become mean, a very popular fighting game. Like I think the the most popular ones always have big rosters outside of Street Fighter, which is known for kind of having always, more of a limited roster. It's always a win. 
it's like the only time that it wouldn't be a win, which might be why they don't do it, is when Mortal Kombat did have its largest rosters, it arguably had the least unique characters because I think that was the era where you had like a create your own fatality <laughs> and uh, create your own character. Oh, exactly. So man. I think they can't do that route. <laughs> But if they can have more characters detailed the way they have all their characters now, I mean, it would be phenomenal. But I know that it's a lot of work because they have so many costumes per character. They have all their different... If they keep it the same as 11... The fatalities. In 11, I don't know how much you played of it, but it, like, let's say Scorpion as an example, right? Just nice, easy character everyone knows. Scorpion wasn't just all his costumes scorpion was all of his masks and all of his swords and all of it so you can customize all of that stuff to create your own variants and so i think that you also created your own move sets for like classes or almost like loadouts with special moves but i'm imagining yeah more characters would be a shitload of work but it would pay off like it just definitely would Mm -hmm. okay yeah that's cool um that's all I have. Yeah, I mean, for I, could on, no, I could go on. I could go on about it. The base, just the baseline is, I'm super excited. If it comes out this year, that's fucking incredible. It's something I'm all over immediately as soon as it comes out. I'll probably play that for years to come. I still play Mortal Kombat 11, so <laughs> it's great news. I just maybe you get a VR mode. In I, that would, where you I get would your love head taken to off. see <laughs> now that it's kind of out there. I would love for them to just go dark and not say anything, and then like maybe two or three months before be like, Hey, Mortal Kombat's coming out this holiday, but don't even, you don't even need to show anything. I think Mortal Kombat is the kind of game. You don't even need to show it. Just the roster. I mean, yeah, the IP maybe is the roster, big but besides the roster, you don't need to show much. I mean, he's, they, I mean, the guy's saying he said this year, which I don't know if they're speaking fiscal year terms or calendar year terms. So I think for me, realistically, this game can come out October earliest, probably like, Something I March. will say is historically Mortal Kombat comes out in the spring. So that makes sense for because March is like the beginning of springtime. So it could make sense for next yeah. year around this time. Because, yeah, because he just said this year, he didn't say calendar year, fiscal year. Obviously, it's kind of hard to know exactly which year they're referencing, especially on an earnings call, though. I think would I would lean towards more of their referencing yep. fiscal year. I agree. Um, but moving on. So something else that hopefully will come out and be very exciting is uh, EA is reportedly polling fans for Dead Space 2 and 3 remake interests. According to game developer Dylan Rogers, they received a survey asking, quote, how interested would you be in similar remakes of Dead Space 2 2011? Uh, The survey was reportedly asked the same question about Dead Space 3, which was released in 2013. EA's horror game remake was released on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC on January 27th and ranked number two in the U.S. monthly software charts based on just two days of availability. Uh, the publishing is yet the publisher is yet to comment on if they plan to release further remakes of the Dead Space games. However, the newest sequel or the newest um, re-release has a new ending that appears to link to the sequel. Dead Space Remake developer Motive announced last year that it will be working also on a Marvel Iron Man game. VGC asked Dead Space creative director Roman Campos what the what that meant for the potential of future remakes. He said, quote, for me, what I like is that it gives us a lot of traction moving forward in terms of finishing that game. Personally, I'm a big fan of Dead Space, but as for the future, I don't know. 
He said, I cannot speak for the other project, but what I can say is that it's not common to have studios with multiple projects, especially in big companies like EA. The things in terms of recruitment, and again, I'm speaking only about Dead Space, is that I joined to work on this game and what we have a lot of people here, and we have a lot of people here like that, that brand as a developer has a lot of appeal. So... I'm just uh, so. What do you think about? Uh, I know you're not finished with Dead Space remake. Right? What would you be interested in a remake to two and three? And also, what do you think about um, mode of tackling so many projects? We've been mentioning this more and more recently. We're seeing that developers are saying they have two to two to three, four years. Yeah, and that's in something that we're going to come back to on a later story here with you know studios juggling multiple projects. I think with this, it's an easy. I don't know if I'm one of the outliers. I would assume that I am. I personally, from back in the day, liked Dead Space 2 the most. That's my favorite of the series. Dead Space 3, I didn't enjoy that much. So that one's different. However, if they can reformat it, I still think it could be good. Because you can make some easy tweaks that would make that game significantly better. Something that I always bitch about in perpetuity is that... Dead Space 3 had universal <laughs> ammo. So if you had a plasma cutter and a pulse rifle, you're out of ammo on one, you're out of ammo on all. And I think that's one of the dumbest decisions for a survival horror game that involves resource management. Now, backing up from that, I think that Dead Space is a smash hit, even though I'm only a couple chapters in. I know that it's a smash hit. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. doing a Dead Space 2 would be awesome. Them handling multiple projects is always going to be a worry to me. However, after seeing Dead Space, I would be more so worried for the Iron Man game than I would be for Dead Space. And so I think that it's one of those things where if we get a little bit more information, maybe moving forward, I wonder if it's a situation like with the Resident Evil remakes where they have two teams or if they just have one team kind of juggling both because with Resident Evil, we know that we had two teams doing the remakes and one was a little bit better than the other as we saw with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 although I know that the source material 2 is still kind of better than 3 to begin with but that was the overall I think energy was still like that team that made 3 is not the team that people want doing 4 right so I think if you have mm-hmm. a studio handling multiple projects it would put people's minds at ease knowing is it one studio being stretched thin or do they have multiple teams working on it but this is something that is more and more common and I, I I don't I wanna know how it is decided. I can't imagine that the people that are making the games are like, yes, we want to do multiple at once. I mean, I think that comes I'm down sure. from the publisher, especially a publisher like ELA EA, where it's like, hey, we have this fucking Marvel license, we're using this shit. So y'all are gonna make this. I mean, I feel like that's what's happening with Insomniac. I'm not saying they're Again, they're not being forced to, but they're being like, hey, you're going to have to make this. Whatever you want, you can make whatever you want, but that's going to come out like in 10 years. Right now, I need Spider-Man 2 yeah, and that's true. Wolverine. From that's here. definitely spot on. One, one thing I want to know is, did they say how this these polls are sent out? So I don't who's getting know them? exactly. I'm very curious. I think it's just, it was like just randomly sent out. And they didn't really say anything about criteria on who received them or not. The person that um, that's like Twitter account that went viral showing the picture of it was this game developer. So I don't know if it's an internal survey that they're asking if they would want to make it or something like that at EA. So, yeah, that was kind of weird where there wasn't really much clarity with that. 
But um, something else that I did see as a slight positive is that the creative director, Mr. Campos, said that in terms of recruitment that he came to Motive specifically to work on Dead Space. So that hopefully means that there's at least two teams at Motive where there's like a team that's headed up by this guy who wants to make Dead Space remakes and then hopefully another team with another creative director that is focusing on the Iron Man game, which... I hope it's good, but it's kind of weird. EA making another uh, making an Iron Man game after Anthem. It's going to be hard to not draw the comparisons there when that gets yeah, like, I agree. fully announced. I think so. They'd have to find a way to make flying interesting. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's going to be that would be interesting to see. But um, that's all I have for that. I mean, I hope they do make them. I think Dead Space Two is definitely going to come out, and then Dead Space Three. I hope they change a yeah, lot to agreed. it. And I think that Dev Time will be a, a little bit well. Actually, no, I don't want to speak to that. Scratch what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely with the sales and critical reception that Dead Space 2 remake is for sure coming out. But um, something else that we learned about that's coming out is uh, Elden Ring's first expansion, Shadow of the Erg Tree, has been announced. The news came via the official Elden Ring Twitter account, which wrote, rise tarnish and let us walk a new path together and then also in the same tweet it said an upcoming expansion for elden ring shadow of the urge tree is currently in development we hope you look forward to new adventures in the lands between no further details were provided other than a new piece of art designed to give an idea of what the expansion may entail mark are you excited more elden ring the unanimous game I of the year last year. I do not care, but it's important that we cover it here for everyone listening. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not like, an I Elden like Ring Elden... gamer yeah, I, or Souls-like I enjoy Elden Ring, but like, gamer. there's no way in shit I'm even going to reach an expansion, so I don't care. Yeah, I didn't even get the hard trophy or the hard uh, campaign done for last month or for January, so uh, this is definitely not speaking to me, but again, like Mark said, we got to cover everything, and this is the biggest game of last year it's getting a new expansion hopefully it does you know hopefully y'all that that's like exactly that shit i was gonna say like that's it. all all i have to say is hope that y'all enjoy <laughs> that shit that's all we got uh, yeah i mean yeah i hope i don't want anything to be bad but you know good things you know expansions added to great games one always fun maybe one day i'll get time. into it and and actually finish it but um yeah no I'm you're good yeah it's you, good keep it rolling that was just it. we gotta cover it Got to cover it. So then the next story is actually a little more interesting. Hitman Studio IO Interactive has announced it's making a, uh, an online fantasy RPG. Like its Hitman and James Bond projects, the game is in development across IO Studios in Copenhagen, Malau, and Barcelona. They said, quote, we are building a new world, a new IP, an online fantasy RPG. The company said on Tuesday, a world and a game built from the core to entertain players and expand for many years to come. It also added, for many, this journey is also a deeply personal one that began long before we started making games for a living, and it started with the fantasy genre, from the fighting fantasy books, compelling you to choose your path alone against wizards, lizards, and thieves kings, to the togetherness, camaraderie, agony, and delight found around the tabletop. For some, it meant taking the role of a game master, part storyteller, part AI component, part guide, part villain. For everyone around that table, it meant creativity, imagination, building a world together, and a shared goal in creating a great game experience. 
This idea that a diverse group of individuals with different skills and strengths can work together and become more than the sum of their parts is what inspires us. It inspires the fantasy world we are building, and it inspires how we build it. In April 2021, Windows Central claimed that IO had teamed up with Microsoft to work on a new, quote, dungeon-themed IP, which the platform holder was expecting to be the publisher as well and make it a first-party Xbox exclusive. IO is also currently working on an official licensed James Bond game with the working title Project 007. So, obviously, IO sounds very passionate about this game and that whole like press release that I just read. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking? I mean, I'm excited with I'm excited with the passion they're coming. I with. don't believe them. I think this is sales talk. Oh, I shit. think I think 007 is dynamite going to io interactive i don't see them doing fantasy online rpg you don't see like, you don't see, don't game coming see out or do you don't see it doing even well? either wanting to do that or really being passionate about it like it just wouldn't make much sense it's not like we're trying something new it's like we're going in the opposite fucking direction yeah I I see that, but I I'm not completely turned off by that because I think a good studio yes. can make a good game. Like we saw Respawn make the Star Wars Fallen Order, the Star the Star Wars Jedi game, and that came out great. We saw Gorilla switch from Killzone to Horizon. So I don't think that that's necessarily what's uh, throwing me off about it. What's throwing me off about it is the expand for many years to come again with the the live yeah, service. Yeah, well, that's where I feel like it's not even what. That doesn't sound to me like something they want to do. That just sounds like, well, I don't know. Maybe it is what they want to do, but it doesn't interest me really at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds generic. Even the way they announced it, we're making an online fantasy RPG. So like, you don't even do you know like the world, like the name. What's like? There's usually when a game is made, there's like a game bible, or there's a bible for like any a bible in quotes. In terms of like the story, the lore of how the world works, like there's no you can't even throw out a yeah, name to tie to this fantasy just, RPG. I don't. My thing too is that like if they're making this, that's you know that is what it is. 007 cannot be secondhand project. That to me that needs to be their focus. Definitely with the license too. I think that that won't, well, like, you would hope no so, the most but I don't think they, they never said any kind of announcement for 007 with apparently this level of passion. If this is really what they care about, 007 was just like, yeah, I was working on a 007 game. I feel like that was all we ever heard of it. That is true. That is that is true. The way that this was announced was very much like a very passionate like press release. They're inspired to make this world, but again, I think that it could is. be putting up a front. They're trying to be. They're I'm getting it. They're making it seem I'm getting like they're the more BS excited than they are. One hundred percent. percent on this one because it just it's it, like you're saying. It seems a little bit more. It seems a little bit more like a defense more than it is like because first of all, they have to know. It doesn't matter how they talk about it. That's not what gets people excited. What gets people excited is when they see it. When they mm-hmm. see it running. All of that kind of stuff. Them talking about it, it doesn't matter. It could be the shittiest game, but they're going to be saying that we're working to develop interesting worlds and making your dreams come true. None of that shit matters. That's all the (laughs) E3 stage talk. Yeah. 
this gives me big Forspoken vibes because remember before we knew Forspoken was Forspoken, it was just like a generic kind of like yeah fantasy like, action you know, thing. something, and then it became yeah, I was like this is a fantasy action RPG from Square Enix, and then like this is kind of reminding me a little bit of that. Yeah, so it's a uh, interesting that it's happening, but it ties in with studios handling too many projects, and I hope it's good just to be positive, but it doesn't sound like something I'm very interested in. Yeah, it doesn't sound very interesting. And again, I don't know if I like this new way that studios are bringing. Like, we're making multiple games. Obviously, every studio is always probably making multiple games or working on their current game because every game's online now. So they're working on the current game they're making now and the next game and the sequel and all that stuff like that. But just announcing it kind of just makes everybody seem a little bit more disorganized and like kind of chaotic. Hold that shit in. I like. Yeah, Naughty Dog was making Hold Last of Us while they were making Uncharted, but they didn't say anything. Exactly. And then it also, like you said, it's like we're making yeah. it sound more important than it is. It's like that false it's confidence that kind of can be read a mile away. Yeah. But moving on, uh, Forspoken developer Luminous Productions is to be merged into Square Enix. Just speaking of Forspoken, um, in a press release issued today, Square Enix Holdings which oversees all the company's businesses, including gaming, publishing, manga, film, merchandise, etc., announced that Lumos, Luminos, Luminous, would be merging into Square Enix. Square Enix Holdings announced that it will merge its wholly owned subsidiary Luminous Projects or Productions into its wholly owned subsidiary Square Enix, effective Monday, May 1st. 2023 the merger is part of the company's efforts to further bolster the competitive prowess of the games of the group's development studios a goal set forth under its current middle-term business strategy so it sounds like square enix said a whole lot of things like we're not going to fire everybody but we're just going to basically lumos luminous productions is no longer a thing they're not making any more games I wouldn't say that I could see this coming, but it's they've they've had two semi duds already. They did Final Fantasy fifteen, which was not very well received, and mm-hmm. then any fin- Final Fantasy moving forward has not been made by the same team. And then they gave them the freedom to do a new IP, and it whiffed. And so this is I feel like just from a business standpoint, this is the smart decision to do. It's like yo, you got two tries, you got two tries with a lot of money and a lot of support. They whiffed, and uh, you like you know you're gonna go back to support. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of the writing on the wall. I think most people saw Forspoken. It come out middling reception in terms of critics, middling reception in terms of the fan base, and then also middling sales. Kind of just speaks for like the studio getting axed. There's, like you said, this, they don't have like a good game to rely on. They don't have a great game that they can be like, well, we at least did it once. So it's in the studio. It's just kind of been whatever projects after whatever projects. And this was probably the most humane way of cutting a studio. At least you're keeping <laughs> yeah, mostly you're keeping most of the staff. What, on... shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they like, you know, up. they could have just closed them and be like all 250 people 300 people that work at the studio get yeah, fucked you- and fucking find a job somewhere else they're at least merging them in and at least 
keeping some people. Obviously, probably within that merger, people will be You're right. Go, I mean, but, that would be you know. rough because we hear all the talk about people needing their credits for good releases. Imagine trying to get a job being like, I worked on for Spoken and Final Fantasy 15. I mean, you're shit out of luck. You're shaking cups for a living. <laughs> exactly. You're shaking cups for a living, and hopefully, you now you're merging, you're in support, you get credits on Final Fantasy yeah, 16. I, I think much with, better um, game. Uh, what was I just going to say? Another thing with First Spoken is that it's got to be one of the quickest in and out invisible games. Like, I don't hear anything about it. It makes me think of um, another game that I feel like came and went and then I never heard anything else about was Strangers of Paradise, the other Final Fantasy game. So, like, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, they just come to me where, like, they rough. might be fine and some people might like them, but we're, you're never going to hear about First Spoken again. Like, nobody's talking about that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I think it was it was dead Oof. on arrival. That demo killed that it demo for I think a majority of people. That demo was fucking god awful. I don't even yeah, know bad how you choice would releasing that release demo. That. I agree. But um, we got a few more little shorter news stories since we're talking about Square Enix. Let's keep it in the family. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 producer would like to release a PC version eventually. Is what he quoted as saying for. Uh, Final Fantasy 60 on PC. We do know that there's at least a six-month exclusivity to PS5. That's what the contract said for Final Fantasy 16, but it seems like it may take a little bit longer because he's saying eventually. Obviously, this is being translated, so there's things that are lost in translation, but what do you what do you think about that? Is this like a soft... Is this going to be like Final Fantasy 7 Remake where it's a soft, like, exclusive? Like, it just becomes... I think so. I, I guess this is one of those things where I want to know the rules of engagement, but I would have to take a guess and say the way that the wording sounds on that eventually makes me think that it's not just, hey, we have a six-month exclusivity. It makes me think like, hey, you can't start working on ports until six months. That's almost more so the energy I get, and at that point, is it even worth it? So here, I have a quote for you. This is what he said. Uh, he told the Japanese PlayStation blog. He said, this is also translated by Google. First of all, it is true that Final Fantasy 16 is a six month limited time exclusive on the PlayStation 5 platform. However, it is completely it is a completely different story that the PC version will be released in half a year. I will make it clear, but the PC version will not come out in half a year. That is because we spent a lot of time and money optimizing the PlayStation 5 platform to deliver the best gaming experience. Of course, I would like to see a PC release sometime so that everybody can play the game. But like I said, he said that yeah, will cool. eventually I mean, come. Well, I mean, cool for us. Sorry for for the PC players. But yeah, I mean, this is something that I guess is time and time again where they get optimized for normally PlayStation or whatever core console they're going to. And then PC kind of gets left behind. I don't know. I don't know if it will come to PC, but it's something that's so unanimous with PlayStation anyway that I wonder what percentage of their sales like they think they're missing out on. Or is the bag big enough? Because the bag is probably big enough from PlayStation for exclusivity. And then also it's going to sell a lot. I'm thinking... So here's what I'm thinking with these these, uh, Japanese uh, third-party exclusives with Square Enix, Capcom, and all this. I don't even think there's a bag... And there may be a small bag, but I think probably the majority of it is 
they go to PlayStation and like, we're going to make the game. You just cover all the marketing, which is a bag in itself because marketing is fucking super dumb expensive. Buying TV spots and all that shit like that. Flying people out, doing the whole press run. So I think that that's honestly where these like it's like a, it is like an exclusive like relationship where it's like they're we're covering the basically the publishing on the like advertising. Yeah, I could front. see that. I think that that makes sense. But um. But yeah, I mean, that, I just wanted to throw that in there. So obviously, we're talking about Square Enix. Hopefully, those people that got uh, that were Luminous Productions yes, get hopefully. credits on this game. <laughs> and then there's just a few smaller ones, that, uh, smaller stories I want to hit before we head out here. Um, Hogwarts Legacy sold 12 million copies. It's made $850 million in two weeks, says Warner, says, uh, Warner Brothers. It's the biggest launch ever for the company. Good, I'm glad. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, I don't have much. To, so with Hogwarts, I've only played actually less than an hour when I looked at my saves, and then the other, I guess, Damn. side note, rumor, whatever is when me and Joel were uh, fucking around playing Warzone or something. I briefly mentioned that I think that HBO Max is also interested in looking at a Hogwarts Legacy show. I did see that as well. Yeah, so Hogwarts Legacy is apparently getting a game uh, show based on the game. Yeah. Which- is weird because the story is probably like the least important thing about the game, but it might be set in that time period. So that'd be interesting. Also, Warner Brothers claimed that the game has broken the company records for engagement with 280 million hours played up to date. So obviously Hogwarts Legacy is a big smash. Kind of saw it coming a mile away with Harry Potter and the whole weird controversy behind it and everything like that. I feel like that only Liz kind of promoted it right it now. Sense. She's already like 15 or 16 hours in. Damn, yeah, she's yeah, more so hours she's, than me. Uh, yeah, people people are really enjoying this game. And I'm glad from what I've watched. Yeah. It seems I mean, even when I played it, this it seems like a really just high quality game from an objective point of view. If you like or dislike Harry Potter, that's one thing, but you can't look at the game and not say like this is a great game. Yeah, I think that that's clearly obvious the qu- it's like it has a presentation yes, level that cannot be denied and then a few little last ending ones uh star wars jedi survivor survivors director has sights set on a trilogy for the series in an interview with ign also star wars um survival survivors is the ign first which basically means it's just like the equivalent of a game informer cover they're getting a bunch of interviews, exclusives, a gameplay. I've kind of been avoiding all that because I just kind of want to play the game. But everything that's been coming out of that has been received relatively well. A lot of changes with the gameplay. But the director actually said that he's seen the game series always as a trilogy, which is exciting in a sense. But it's also like, all right, so now I have to wait until this game's come. Now, that, now two games have come out for something new to come out of the studio. But obviously, we're probably getting more Star Wars jedi in the future this game will do great in terms of numbers the first one did great in terms of sales so just wanted to throw that out there you i need to play the first one i've never booted it up not and i've always been interested in it even though i might not be the biggest star wars guy i've always been interested in i've never even started it though well well yeah i I would suggest giving it a try there's the playstation 5 version of Fallen Order, I heard, is great. Is one of the early like things to play on a PlayStation Five. Obviously, the new one's coming in sight. Obviously, yeah. I'll be buying Damn, that. So, so much. To, I would recommend that. I was actually I was talking to Liz about 
when I was playing Horizon, I'm like, you know, I need to clear this. And then, you know, I play a lot of, of course, in my mind, fantastic. And just a lot of games in general. If you look at my trophies or my game list, you can see I try to get as wide of a variety as I can. But there are a list of just like all time classics that I've missed out on. And whenever I get to them, it'll be great. Like, obviously, I need to play Ragnarok. I need to play Red Dead 2. Mm -hmm. I, ha I need to play Witcher. I need to play Cyberpunk. I haven't played... Um, obviously Horizon I'm playing right now, but I haven't played Jedi Fallen Order. So it's like, there's all these games that I need to get to, but each one of these games is fucking massive. I would say... I have a similar problem too, obviously. But I would say for Red Dead 2 specifically, because that's the one I care the most about, because that's the one I cherish the most out of that list you just said. You should play it like how I played Death Stranding. Like it comes to you. Because it's the kind of game where it's like Death Stranding length. It's like 80 hours to fucking beat it. You gotta like be in the right mindset. That's a game you can't force, you can't push. Horizon Zero Dawn, even though it is open world, you could mainline it and force it and push it. But Red Dead's a game that you just want to sit with and it's a game you probably play over like two months like religiously. And even Joe can speak to that because he's a He's a big Red Dead guy, Joe. Right? Would you? How much? Like, how many hours have you spent in that world? Oh man, I mean, countless. Definitely over like the requisite. What, what, what's the uh, what's the benchmark for that? Like eighty hours. The bare minimum to beat the story is okay, like eighty yeah, hours. I've got way more than that because I was like <laughs> so involved in the world that like the epilogue. Like I just kept playing it and kept playing it. I, dude, mm -hmm. man, I love that game. In fact, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I've definitely, I've probably got over a hundred. But you've hours beaten it more game. than once, haven't you? Yeah, twice. Yeah, so that—that's what I'm saying. Oh man, so you, you oh, have man. easily over yeah, like two hundred so hours. <laughs> yeah, you have like over two hundred hours. In that game. What the yeah, fuck? I did, I did beat that twice. I wasn't satisfied with my. Well, I got my first ending, and so I wanted to do it a different way. High yeah. honor. Yeah, so I wanted. I, I, I finished with high honor. I did the first one, you know, being a bit of a rebel. And then, frankly, <laughs> I had more fun as the high honor guy. You get everything at a discount. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, two playthroughs. That's about 160 hours. And I can't tell you how much time I spent just riding around the whole open map as John Marston. But, yeah, so, Mark, obviously, we're not trying to push you to play the game. But yeah, that's, like I said, Death Stranding kind of style game where, where I just you know what adopted it, is, it over the summer. It got spoiled. It got spoiled. It wasn't. Which I don't think it's again, I'm always speaking from the part like I knew this. I didn't have a spoiler for me, so I can say this in hindsight. But the spoiler is not that but big. It's, that's it's, not what but remember that's not what that the game's it isn't about. the spoiler itself. It's that the, it's all the details. That's the thing. Yeah, no, you had Saying it. Like, that, you got it. You got it. You know, it's not even it's not. It's not even the just spoiler. the spoiler or the details. I even know what that shot looks like. Like I've even seen it, so mm -hmm. it's it's that kind of thing where I'm where it's just like you know, it's unfortunate. It's not a it's not a surprise that it this thing happens in a video game, but the way that it happens, mm -hmm. I think, would have been surprising. And I wish I didn't know it, but I know it, and that makes it a little bit harder to go through eighty hours. So. I'll get to it at some point, but yeah, I mean that—that's just that's one of those ones where like me bitching and complaining about God of War Ragnarok, I think is way more minor. I think Red Dead Two is actually one where I'm really like, no, 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 I had that shit ruined for me. 
You absolutely did. But you also had it. But you had it ruined by Justin, way late. My younger you were brother. late. You were late. I think <laughs> there. No, no, no. There's a. Oh, fuck you. I there's. You, you, okay. But that was so rude. You did that on rude, purpose. But there's a level shit. where. There's a level where, like you know, it's on you a little bit. How late was that after it came out? Because it came out in 2011. It came out in 2011. I didn't even have a PS4 then, so it was probably like 2012. Well, it wasn't on PS4. 13. It was on PS3. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So, if it, well, excuse me, by the way, um, if there wasn't a PS4 out, so it was before 2015. A game came out in 2011. I feel like it, I was probably maybe two, two right. three years. Two. That's enough time so, yeah, for a game to be still be new. Still new. Big game. Two years is still new. Three years, we don't know. And I guess we don't know the exact date on this. But regardless, it was a shitty thing to do. And it's similar, where you didn't just know what happened. You knew all the details. And the details is what makes those really good. Yeah. No, Justin was a piece of shit for that. And I, then I wanted to beat the second one and spoil it for him. But I yeah, didn't. And then I know he enjoyed person. it. And then I'm over here just like, well... I think I put first playthrough, I put 30 hours in and then it got ruined and I was like, well, all right, well, whatever. I'll go on to something else. So the first okay. Red Dead came out in 2010. So probably 2013 gotcha. when I had it spoiled for me. For being logistic, but yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was the ending. What, what the hell did we get on Red Dead for? Uh, oh, you were yeah, talking about talking games that I wanted to like, play. Like, and then I guess before we close, the other side thing was that Wolf Among Us 2 said that they're going to be releasing. They're pushing to next year to avoid crunch, which we didn't even know there was a release date this year. So I also don't know what crunch they <laughs> could have on a game that doesn't have a release date. But what's something that whenever that comes out, I'm sure we'll play it too. Yeah, I also saw their uh, part of the crunch is moving it over oh, from Unreal okay. 4 well, to 5. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So hopefully it looks better. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was like, you can't write the story yeah, like that shit. It takes two know. seconds. It's, Come it's on. Uh, not, a, not a huge deal. Not a huge deal. And then one final thing that they got that just released four hours ago, hot off the presses, burning hot, is there is a collaboration between PlayStation. Hell yeah. And I LeBron did see this actually. James. <laughs> uh, there's new disc plates for the PlayStation and also a controller, which I'm not going to lie. The disc plates look kind of cool. The controllers, whatever. I don't like with the dual uh, sense controller and a dual shock control or dual shock four too, where they may, I don't like the touchpad being designed. Yeah. I like the touchpad being clean and this has a touchpad design on it. And the Ragnarok one had one and the Harry Potter controller had one. I'm not a big fan of that, but it's actually not a bad um, collab. I think it actually looks really, really cool. It probably will sell out and these plates will be selling for like $250. Oh, absolutely. No question. But it, it does look cool. I just want to shout yeah. out. Shout out LeBron James. Uh, they did it to commemorate, I believe, his all time, him breaking the all time record. And well, he did break the record, but I believe the reason behind the collaboration. I mean, I broke think the it's fire. I'm actually record. just bringing this up because we're talking about LeBron, but I also got, I'm showing Joel through the camera this like acetate clear card of LeBron with uh, basketball oh, cards. But the, cool. no, the controllers, they're cool. But I agree. <laughs> when I saw like it's got, you know, the crown all over it. But on the touchpad, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't like mm-hmm. the design on the touchpad. I feel like that should be separate. Yeah, I don't. 
Yeah, the, just leave the touchpad clean, and I think the controller would look a lot better. I think for all the like recent DualSense collabs they've been doing, I think if you left the touchpad clean, it would look better. But the displays look cool. Um, Jim, just want to shout out, shout out PlayStation, yeah, shout, shout out, out Brown James. Brown. I know he's listening. Shout out, shout out Brownie too. <laughs> but um, that's all I have for this week, Mark. Do you have anything else? Do you have any no, closing comments have for the else. audience? I'm just showing yeah, Joel LeBron and Joe James LeBron cards, James cards that I have in my collection, but I think this was a fantastic <laughs> show. LeBron, if you're listening, as, as I'm sure you are, sign for Panini so I can get your autograph. <laughs> Help us out. We're trying to get PlayStation VR, LeBron, so either hook us up or something, but See we love you guys. Peace. The Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Go for Bronze Media, LLC. Always striving for Hit us up on Twitter at GoForBronzePod, Instagram, GoForBronzePod. That's right, we have. You can check us out on Twitch at GoForBronzePod. Also, our YouTube channel at GoForBronze. This is the big dog. Till next time.